Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Alfie Wattam podcast. Thank you all for joining. Thank you all for subscribing on Spotify. Um, as always, we are sponsored by WeLoveAlpha.com. If you're a engineering manager looking to grow your team, then go to WeLoveAlpha.com to hire your next software developer from Java to C Sharp to Python to React to Angular and all of the technologies, basically. Uh, we've got the developers that you need to grow and scale your business. Um, today on the podcast, we are joined by Jan. Uh, Jan, could you just start by giving us a 30-second intro, mate? Tell us who you are, what your background is, and what your kind of expertise lies in. Cool. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, very excited to be here. Um, I was actually trained as a scientist, so I was trained as a biochemist. Uh, I read biochemistry and uh, didn't do software engineering very much until later on in my career. Um, then uh, I kind of pivoted. I went to work in the U.S. for a tech company, um, tech biotech company, kind of in between. Um, went back to the UK, did my PhD, I worked a little bit for the US government at the NIH. That was kind of exciting. Like, uh, you know, you can get on the plane with like this, this plastic badge without your passport. It's kind of uh, yeah, very blimey. strange. And then I came back. Yeah, then I came back, started my own company. Uh, that was very exciting. Uh, and now I work for another startup. Like I'm definitely like a startup person. Uh, did some consultancy uh, along the way as well. Okay, awesome, awesome. And um, that would have been surreal, getting onto a plane without a passport, I imagine. Did you get like a, a weird stare or, or did they know what was going on? No, no, they know. It's like a totally valid form of ID, you know, within within the US, you show your like government ID, it's a special plastic cool. badge. And they're like, yeah, correct. Yeah, let's just go ahead. That's cool. Um, Power play right there. That's cool. That's cool. Well, um, I've got yeah. a few um, articles to, to talk about today with you, um, definitely in your area in terms of research, in terms of um, kind of med tech and, and, and deep learning in, in that realm. So and without further ado, let's go into them. So um, news in the States, um, as you mentioned about the US. So new White House directive will require require free access to studies funded by tax dollars. So a new White House directive will require academic journals to provide immediate access to papers that are publicly funded. Um, announced on Thursday, the policy which will be phased in over the next several years, will end a rule that has allowed publishers to keep tax-financed publications behind a paywall for 12 months. So previously, only research funded by federal offices with R&D um, expenditures of $100 million or more had to be published in open access um, as per 2013 guidance. But the new directive applies to nearly all agencies, about 400 in total. Um, new York Times estimates and also requires that publications be made available in machine-readable formats to ensure easy reuse. Um, probably quite big news in the research world in, in the US. Um, this is obviously an area that you understand quite well. Um, Jam, what, what, what do you think about this, um, this kind of policy change? Yeah, this is, a, this is a really great topic. You know, like I think I think you mentioned that like you had somebody from Elsevier uh, like a few episodes back, right? So this is like a, a very interesting conversation. It's been going on in the research field for, for many, many years now. Um, I think in the interest of the of, of, of your listeners, I like I'll, I'll give like a little bit of context because it's kind of like th this research publication thing is actually kind of crazy. Like if you know and, and you know about it if you're a researcher, but if you're not, it's it's like a big surprise to people a lot. So uh, suppose you're working on like some cure for malaria or like some some other disease, and you you know you've done your research and you want to publish a paper, right? So to publish this paper, you have to like and and the, and the research you've done was either paid by like a charity in the UK. This could be like C Cancer Research UK, 
okay. a wellcome trust or the government, like you got your money from the from either the taxpayer or from a charity. Yeah. And so you've done like you paid for all the people in your lab and all of your equipment in the lab from that money. And then once you have your findings, you know, you found your breakthrough drug for malaria, uh, you want to go and publish that, right? You have to pay a journal uh, to to publish in them, right? That's kind of okay. That's kind of fair enough, right? That's uh, But th this is just the beginning of the journey, right? Uh, so they take your money and uh, they send the paper out for review. This review is done by other researchers voluntarily, completely free of charge. So like oh, wow. highly educated people. Uh, do this completely free of charge on this like honor honor system and review your work like read it in depth they, they don't necessarily try to re like they don't have the time to validate your findings sure this could okay. take months right but they read it very very carefully and spend often days hour you know like a lot of time reviewing a, a paper and then you know the paper gets and, and they do this for free right the publisher just sends this out to them and it is free and the paper is online and if you want to access this or me i like you know from where i am now just open the paper online we have to pay the the you know the the journal so like they just like it's triple <laughs> you know triple it's a it's a it's a unbelievable right so people started re to revolt against this you know many in the uk okay. this has already been the case for for many publishers that you have to um like you have to uh your your work has to be open access has to be accessible to others sure. You know, you have the places like Archive that 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 po that hosts your stuff for free for you if you're a researcher. Um, yeah. Was this? Do you think just a like a financial thing, like a way to make money, or or, or is there another reason why it was behind a paywall? Or I I I, I don't want to speak for the publishing sure. companies but from a point of view of a researcher. Like uh, there was, uh, yeah. I, personally, I it was quite a, a little value added from their side. There's a lot of prestige though. So like the prestige effect and the network effect, you know, like if you're published in a prestigious journal, that's like obviously like considered good. It matters if you're a researcher, it matters when you're applying for further grants to have publications in these prestigious journals, right? So the system is kind of, uh, yeah, the system is kind of uh, weird like that. I think it's quite hard to understand looking from the outside how, how it works. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. I, I'm surprised, um, you know, when I read this article, I'm, I'm surprised this wasn't like the norm already, because if you're a researcher, surely you want as many people as possible to see your, your findings and your work. But but you said in, in the UK, they already have something like this set up. Is it is it the same as what the US is in, in that it's, it's now going to be free or is it something different or... yeah that's a good question i've been out of it for a few years so i don't want to like mis mislead people no. i don't I, I don't i don't remember but i think it, it was dependent on your funding body so whoever provided the, the the money for your breakthrough research like that person kind of said like listen if we're giving you money we this cannot this cannot be part of this game you know some fields i think i i should give a shout out to like certain fields you know like people in fields like physics or math like yeah. math caught on to this very early and like, they were like, no, 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 we're not doing this. This is just gonna like, you know, computer science, same for computer science was like, we're not gonna be uh, like, we're not gonna be doing this trap. The people in kind of the life sciences, the biology, chemistry, um, medicinal sciences, they, they definitely got trapped more uh, into this, uh, you know, uh, hamster okay. wheel of, 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 of these pay paywall journals. That's weird. When my um, my wife um, did her PhD and published her thesis, I, I remember her going through this process and um, having to to pay cash to, to you know to get it off. I think the university funded it in the end, but um, yeah, wild um, wild industry and and, and uh, interesting way of doing it. But good to see that it's um, no longer behind a paywall and that it, it, it's getting better in that respect. Sure. 
Yeah. Um, next next article, um, research E, but more related to kind of your other expertise in kind of the, the, the med and health tech, tech domain. So um, Moderna sues Pfizer, oh, shocking, over our, uh, <laughs> mRNA technology using COVID vaccines. So Moderna is suing Pfizer and uh, BioNTech over patents. It said it filed years ago on the life-saving technology. Um, they said on Friday that it's suing them, alleging that the companies copied its mRNA technology, the revolutionary vaccination method used in Pfizer and Moderna's COVID-19 vaccines. So between 2010 and 2016, Moderna said it filed patents that covered uh, foundational mRNA technology that Pfizer and its German partner BioNTech copied without permission in order to make their COVID-19 vaccine so um big big news in in that respect um not something that i even will pretend to to, to understand but obviously a little bit more your, your expertise um what, what are your thoughts on this sort of thing happening yeah it's going to be very interesting how this is going to play out like uh, for context this is not the first time we're seeing this like every time you have a big breakthrough like this these legal battles uh, yeah. uh kind of wage uh I'm not an IP lawyer, cannot comment on like, you know, how likely this is to go one way or another, but it certainly is interesting to see that like uh, uh, for all these breakthrough technologies, like like this just will almost certainly happen. We've seen this yeah. previously with another big technology called CRISPR. It's yes. a DNA editing technique. You may have heard, right? Like some, some of the people may be familiar with this. And that also led to like a multi, multi-year bat legal battle between uh, I think two universities or like a university and a, and a company. So there was like a like a lot of a lot of legal work happening there. I had a few CRISPR experts on the on the podcast before. That is interesting. That's very interesting. Like genetic engineering. How how would you describe that for, for like a layperson? Uh, I, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's fair to to call it that, right? It's just yeah. like a very high fidelity technique uh, for for making you know. Uh, you know, editing a file on a computer is pretty straightforward. Editing a DNA sequence inside of a living organism, like, oh, I wish it was that easy, right? Like, so, yeah, uh, so this yeah. technique allowed people to, uh, uh, with very high fidelity, and introduce uh, like the, the sequences that that they wanted into living living organisms. Not just simple things like bacteria, but also like a more sophisticated, uh, sophisticated multi-cell creatures. Um, so yeah, this uh, this is likely going to be a replicate of that. You know, like many years, lots of legal. But here it's interesting because it's like it's the the, the field is very, very hot and very applied. Like CRISPR at the time, I think had no therapeutic applications. It was just okay. seen as this very promising uh, technique that will be like basic research technique that will like maybe applicable therapeutically to, to kind of help people with diseases. Whereas here, the, the therapeutic application is very clear, right? Like we've already seen the COVID vaccines come out. There's a, a like, there's a lot, like I, I, I can't even, like, you know, I, I see it every other day like, you know, mRNA vaccine for like this part, like either cancer or like some other disease. I think I've seen like mRNA vaccine for, for Lyme disease the other week. Like it's a really booming and, and, and you know, like the, those vaccines for, at least for COVID made it like a ton of money. So there's yeah. a lot of commercial interest there. Um, yeah. I'm surprised in a way they're suing each other because COVID was the sort of thing that was meant to bring everybody together and and work together to to, to make the vaccines and, and and help everybody. But I guess at the end of the day, they, they are still businesses and they have a um they have an obligation to their shareholders and 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 that sort of thing, right? So um and as you said, this is not uncommon, right? In in that kind of field. Yeah, definitely. And you know, like um it, it all brought us together, but there was a lot of conversation around like, hey, you know 
probably it's you know sufficient amount of money was made on these vaccines maybe we can like open source them maybe we can lower some of the patent requirements to allow you know developing countries or like countries that cannot just like pay the insane amount of money like we can in the west for for access to these vaccines and there was an extremely strong pushback i mean uh i remember um, yeah yeah uh, extremely strong pushback from this you know there's a lot of interest in in, in, in milking this for all it's worth uh it's very, it's very interesting. Some of the critique were like, "Oh no, this is like so complicated to do. We could never do this in these like, you know, developing world countries." Like that was just like so, uh, uh, so, so far from the truth. It was sure. like, we, like there's only one facility in the world which could make this. Well, it's at least two, one for like this company <laughs> and the other one for this other company. Uh, I don't think it's that difficult, but it was definitely like, uh, yeah, very controversial. Okay, interesting. All right. Um, final um, article of the episode. So DeepMind, we were obviously discussing this the other day, um, Jan, on, on, on our um, pre-call, but um, DeepMind uncovers structure of 200 million proteins in Scientific Leap Forward. So the success of the AlphaFold program could have a huge impact on global problems such as famine and disease. And um, so AI has deciphered the structure of virtually every protein known to science, paving the way for the development of new medicines or technologies to tackle global challenges such as famine or pollution. And proteins are obviously the building blocks of life. They are formed of chains of amino acids uh, folded up into complex shapes. Their 3D structure largely determines their function. And once you know how a protein folds up, you can start to understand how it works and how to change its behavior. Although DNA provides the instructions of making the chain of amino acids, predicting how they interact to form a 3D shape was a lot more tricky. And until recently, scientists had only deciphered a fraction of the 200 million or so proteins known to science. However, in 2022, November, the AI group DeepMind announced it had developed a program called AlphaFold that could rapidly predict this information using an algorithm. And since then, it's been crunching and crunching through the genetic codes of every organism that has um, had its um, genome sequenced and predicting the structures of the hundreds of millions of proteins they collectively contain. Um, so obviously pretty um, major news. Um, this was a couple of weeks ago now, I think this, this article came out, but I remember LinkedIn just being like everyone talking about it in, in kind of the, the deep learning um, space. Um, you obviously understand this, this area well. What, what are your thoughts on um, on this piece of news? Yeah. Yeah, no, this is amazing. I mean, like the scientists in me is like uh, on all news around this, like the scientists in me is just like jumping up and down. This is like, uh, this is in the in the last few years in this field, we've seen like more progress than for many decades prior. So so it's, it's really amazing. And it's very close to our work at Charm, you know, like we're yeah. trying to to take uh, uh, take this work and build upon it. Um, you know the 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 real question that 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 we're interested in is is not just predicting the, the structure of the protein, uh, but the structure of the protein connected to a small molecule drug, uh, okay. and how we can use this information, you know, to to provide novel therapeutics to to patients. You know, this is like a real, uh, um, this is like really the holy grail for us. Like, it, yeah, it's it's very useful to have these protein structures. Don't get me wrong; I'm not trying to like underscore that, but it's really, really so much more powerful, especially to the patients, if we can. Uh, try to improve uh, yeah. some of the drug discovery uh, aspects uh, through, through, through through AI. Um, but there's also like a word of warning here. I want to say like okay. this is like uh, this is a very interesting um, the, the 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 PR arm of of, of DeepMind sure. is, is, is extraordinary, right? But <laughs> yeah. like uh, as a I've heard a few people tell me this you know, now. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, as a scientist, I, I, I think it would be like intellectually disingenuous to like uh, leave it without a comment. These 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 predictions from from the DeepMind's model are just that they're they're predictions. They're predictive structures. Um, they uh, they uh, remain to be experimentally validated. Some of the, like we will probably never create you know all these experimental like we will not uh, experimentally resolve all these protein structures, but. Uh, uh, I think uh, you, you, as a as a person working in drug discovery, you would be hard pressed uh, to pick a, a predicted, you know, AI predicted structure over an experimental structure at this stage. Like maybe you know, twenty years from now, like you would yeah. like the fidelity of the AI predicted structures would be so high. But right now, it's it's the experiment is the is king, and the prediction is you know the prediction is also based on the you know it's trained on experimental data. So um, that's a, that's a really important point to make here. I think. Well, what what does it mean for like? like the average person walking on the street, like if the AI is is determining all this and then, you know, companies like like, like um, the business you're working for are, are using that data and, and, you know, turning it into practical applications for, for the average person, what, what, what kind of therapeutics, what kind of um, conditions or problems could, could, it, could it help solve? Like what, what kind of impact could it have on the world in, in like a practical sense? That's a, yeah. That's a very that's a very good question, right? People like they're definitely interested in, in how that's going to translate into their into their lives. Um, I think the answer is like there there is for this technology. I mean, the the, the 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 we're witnessing kind of like a Cambrian explosion of companies, you know, such as Charm Therapeutics uh, in in this space, you know, for for AI powered drug discovery, uh, with many many uh, companies coming uh, onto the scene. Uh, fundamentally, there is no like you know disease area that's like preferential over another. Uh, but for uh, for basically for kind of business and regulatory reasons, some areas may be more um, easy to kind of enter. For example, you know, like if, if you're in oncology, yeah. uh, it seems like, it, you know, the approval process is much faster. So this is where you may see this, this kind of, uh, the patient need is also the highest, right? So like uh, th this is where you may see the, 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 the breakthroughs coming fastest. But that's also true for any other, uh, you know, drug discovery method, right? It's not specific to AI. The AI will probably follow a similar path. Uh, so that's just like one example where, where I would expect it. It's awesome to see um, like such a positive use of, of AI because I, I get people on the show all the time and and they are just scared out their mind about what, what AI could become. Um, and, you know, all it takes is a couple of rogue agents to, to develop some um some system which which is you know malicious and and then god forbid if it became self-aware eventually um you had somebody on from, from google talking about that recently i'm sure you saw it in, in in the news they said um their ai had it, it almost had sentience like a six-year-old child um which you know probably a pr move really but um i'm not sure if we're quite at that point yet but yeah but it's great to see ai being used for such a positive um impact that could, that could really benefit the world yeah yeah i mean working at charm is like de definitely one of the most rewarding experiences professionally for, for, for myself and I, I suspect for many others on our team uh it's it's a tremendously fun it's very meaningful uh you know like you're not using your skills to like make uh, uh somebody's burrito delivery faster right yeah, like that's yeah, yeah. kind of like not 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 as exciting i mean although very important too but like just like to me it like the 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 uh, helping you know helping provide therapeutics for for people uh, is, is far more but we're, you know it's a very challenging thing like we, we certainly don't see the ai as this magical bullet you know like there's definitely a lot of like experimental techniques or like other approaches that 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 people have tried 
and it's just a very difficult field, right? So I don't want to overpromise that this will be like some fantastic thing that's going to take a lot of work for 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 this to yield uh, yield human drugs. You know, it takes a decade, I think, to to take a drug from an idea to uh, to clinic sometimes. So yeah. We saw with COVID it happened a lot faster though. I mean, there was obviously a, a ton of pressure for that for that to happen. But do you think it takes that long because of the amount of R&D or is it that long because of the amount of government regulation? It's a, it's it's always a mix, right? Like it's a, I, I would not be, I would caution people to like from these like super simple things. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes for things like um, for certain classes of drugs, we really have very, very good existing drugs, right? Yeah. So it would be, uh, it, it, it would just be like not super moral and not really like useful to like approve willy nilly, whatever, whatever companies come up with, like, you know, for, for painkillers or for like heart disease, we have like remarkably good drugs and the bar should be very, very high to enter that. Right. Like you really have to be, you know, people call it being better than the Beatles. Like you really have to be uh, yeah. quite good as a drug. Other areas, we certainly, you know, we're certainly seeing like a much faster regulatory framework, like oncology, right? Like where there is like big unmet need or or, or areas uh, of similar variety where, where, where you know, the, the regulatory bodies are like quite happy to uh, lower the bar because there is such a patient need. You know, there's so many people suffering that, that uh, yeah. Being better than the Beatles. I'm, I'm not sure if that's possible, man. That's a, that's a tricky one. Tough, tough. And, and, and indeed, it has turned out to be also in the pharma industry. It's quite hard to be better than some of these drugs. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Well, awesome. Th thanks for coming on, Janet. It was awesome to get your your opinion on, on you know, what, what's happening in these areas. I had no clue what I was talking about. So it's good to get an actual expert that understands this this sort of thing. So, um, everyone, ch check out, um, you know, Janet on, on LinkedIn. Check out, um, you, you know, obviously the, the, the company. And, um, yeah, th thanks, everyone, for, for, for watching. Make sure you're subscribed on, on Spotify and see you next time for, for the next episode. Thank you.